Alright, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 2 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news, topics, and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack? Oh, Tony, it's the end of another week in wrestling. The pay-per-view this weekend. I've had a really good day today. The sun is, the sun is shining. And uh, it's it's a very nice day today. I've had a pint of Guinness, and uh, <laughs> it made me smile. So I've had another one. It's uh, yeah, I am having a really good one today. But I hope you're having a good one as well. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing uh, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's nice. The weather outside is uh, is pretty uh, it's pretty solid. It's a little warm, which is fine. You know, nice little like, good weather, kind of sunny day. And uh, in addition, like you said. It's been uh, it's been an interesting and uh, intense week in the world of professional wrestling. So sometimes maybe intense actually might be an understatement, especially leading up to uh, what's been going on this weekend. Um, at least for one company, it might be a little bit more intense than the other. I would say that's fair uh, for sure. Of course, uh, for this recording, the double or nothing pay per view is coming up, so. That's uh, there's a lot Very that happened this past week for sure. Very exciting stuff. Some good right. matches on that card. Definitely. Uh, as an aside, we would like to thank everybody for checking out uh, our debut inaugural episode, both on YouTube and uh, on various platforms as well. So thank you guys for uh, for checking us out. Definitely. Thank you very much. All right. And as a reminder. You can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kayfabecouncil and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we have a match-by-match breakdown of Double or Nothing as well as predictions. So, coming up first, we are going to be looking at the buy-in for Double or, Double or Nothing which has Hookhausen, rising of Hook and Danhausen, facing off against Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Joker, what's uh, what's going on with this one? So this might be like one of the first times that I'm going to watch a pre-show. I, don't, I typically stay away from the pre-show because these matches don't tend to grab me. They're sort of throwaway house show matches. That's how I see them. That's whatever that's not everybody's opinion but the build up to this has been interesting most of it's been on um been on youtube been on little segments on rampage uh and hook and danhausen coming together has been a marriage and personalities that i did not see happening um but you know they're they're i'm not even sure of danhausen's style like i don't know what he's going to do He's just going to sit there and curse people. Um, but the fact that he's having his true debut match uh, alongside Hook uh, against Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, this this will be a good uh, showcase, hopefully, for him uh, to kind of showcase his talents to those of us who don't really know about him and what he did before becoming a part of uh, AEW. I did, whenever he came out to his. Um, rapturous cheers and applause on uh, on that episode of uh, Dynamite a while ago now. Uh, 
have a look and see who he is and quickly fell in love with the character. But um, Tony Nese and Mark Sterling have a, have their work cut out for them, I think, in this match. More so maybe with Hook. Yeah, I would say agree. Um, you have two very, very popular competitors here in Hook and Danhausen for different reasons. Obviously, Hook has been sort of a... Uh, you know, mini, mini Goldberg-esque type of uh, matches, just, you know, running through opponents and then just, bam, get in, get out, you know, type of thing. Uh, that's been kind of going over huge. And then, of course, Danhausen for his character work and, uh, you know, his uh, bit of comedy piece type of thing. So interesting to note how these two sort of came together, sort of maybe as a little bit of a... Uh, Kind of uh, a, a bit of a joke segment, but then also kind of garnered, garnered so much steam from the fans, you know, initially mm. coining the, the term Hookhausen. So, yeah, um, you know, that should that should be super interesting. And then again, take nothing away from Tony Nese, a phenomenal athlete. You know, we did get to see that little bit of a preview with Tony Nese going over for the win against uh, Dan Housen in uh, Dynamite about two weeks ago for... Denhausen's in-ring debut, and uh, Smart Mark Sterling, more known for his work on the uh, indie circuit, but still, like, another another solid worker. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they want to run this, but um, I think there's a clear favorite in this match. Um, there is a clear favorite in this match, and uh, it is definitely not Smart Mark and Tony Neese, unfortunately. Uh, I do appreciate Tony Nese. I think he is 100% worthy of his moniker, the premier athlete. But um, I have Hook and Danhausen taking this by a country mile. And Hook is definitely going to put on a clinic. Danhausen is going to do some shenanigans, uh, make me fall in love with the character even more. And uh, Mark Sterling is going to complain about his neck. I do agree that there's going to be a bit of Gaga and a bit of Ska in terms of the match. A little bit of potentially shenanigans or kind of fun from Dan Housen's side. I, I feel like Hook's going to get a hot tag and uh, just kind of do Hook things. But yeah, I definitely see Hookhausen taking this one. So I'm going to agree with you on that. Who do you think's going to take the pin and who do you think's going to do the pin? I can see... I can see Danhausen getting most of the heat, hot tag to hook, uh, do some do some hook things, some throws. Uh, I could see a Katahajime on Smart Mark, and to save Tony Nice, uh, a either a visual pinfall or a visual submission. So, well, at least at least we're agreeing on something else. Then definitely Smart Mark taking that uh, taking that visual pinfall. Uh, would be the the best for everyone, I think, in this one. All right, definitely for sure. Now we, looks like we're going to transition to the main show for the second of 13 matches on this card total. Uh, We have here just announced on Rampage this past week, we have Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. What's going on with this, Joker? All right, so yeah, added in right at the last minute, bit of a Darby Allen um, sort of taking revenge for his dad. Uh, wants wants Kyle O'Reilly to be uh, taking taking a smackdown, taking a beating for what he did to uh, Sting a little while ago. Um, 
I'm surprised this was added, if I'm perfectly honest. I didn't think that this had enough behind it to just be straight added out of the blue on the Friday Rampage. I like both Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. Uh, maybe Kyle O'Reilly, a bit of a Kyle O'Reilly fan compared to Darby Allen, to be honest. Um, and it's it's just one of those things. It's going to be a good match. Definitely is going to be a good match. Um, but I don't see this one going long. I don't I don't know if if really it has enough push behind it to want me to have it go long either, because you've you've got the the impetus behind Darby to be taking the revenge for his pops. Uh, you know his his daddy and face paint as it were and um yeah i don't know if it's gonna be right up my alley but kyle o'reilly's in it so mm. yeah the once again this was announced on this past week's episode of rampage uh and the impetus behind this was about a week and a half or so ago or two dynamites ago rather at the end of the adam cole and jeff hardy match um, where Cole advances uh, in the tournament. We have just a big sort of in-ring post-match uh, scrum. Uh, long story short, Adam Cole puts a chair on Sting's ankle and Kyle O'Reilly drops the knee and pilmanizes Sting. So what, like you said, now Darby wants to take revenge for his dad, Sting, and... This is where we have the announcement again on Rampage. So uh, to your points, I definitely feel like this is going to be an intense matchup. Again, you have Kyle O'Reilly with the submission and some striking game. You have the high-risk offense of Darby. I can I can see it going, you know, uh, a solid 15, you know, with, uh, again, some, some hot action between uh, the two and kind of back and forth. So definitely for sure. That's fair. Yeah. But uh, how do you see this one playing out? So, I have a, I have a little bit of trouble with some of the matches on this card. I definitely do, and this is one of them. Like I said, I don't see it going quite as long as fifteen. I see eight to ten. Um, and Kyle, in my opinion, should win this, but yeah. uh, Darby is going to win. Uh, the uh, the whole point of this match was for Darby to uh, seek the vengeance, get the vengeance, and get the win, get that pinfall. Kyle O'Reilly is definitely uh, a really big uh, deal and will continue to be, but I feel like for now, to close possibly this chapter for Darby and Sting, uh, he needs the pinfall, and uh, Darby's going to come out of this with a one, two, three. I would agree with you as well, as much as I really enjoy Kyle O'Reilly. Um, again, great character work, and just this guy can go in the ring. From a storytelling aspect, and to bookend this, so hopefully it doesn't draw out very, very long. Again, this was just announced on the Rampage. It makes sense for Darby again to win, to again uh, just get that revenge on Kyle. So yeah, just yeah. please don't be a huge spot fest. I'm I'm not about that and just please. Please. I mean I would I would say for sure Darby's gonna have some I, there's definitely gonna be a tope in there, <laughs> probably a coffin I'd, drop. 
you know you, you know how i feel about the spot fests but you know i don't mind the odd spot i do really like the high risk maneuvers the topes the death drop you know uh the coffin drop rather um you know it's, it's what you get when you sign up to watch a darby allen match i get it everybody no need to you know hit on me for hitting spots but um please just uh please just showcase the fact that kyle o'reilly can go in the ring uh, we know Darby can. Um, Kyle, uh, Kyle needs that showcase too, please. And thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll agree that this will be another one that'll be a, a fun back and forth, some hard hits. But yeah, we're both in agreement that Darby Allen will pick up the win. All right, coming up next, we have the singles match for the AEW TBS Championship with champion Jade Cargill. Facing Anna J. Joker. <laughs> I wish there was more for me to say about this. I love Jade Cargill. I love Anna J. But this isn't going long. In fact, I would hesitate to say that this can go longer than the build for this match, which was all of about five minutes. Uh, which most of that was taken by Anna Jay running to the ring and inserting herself into a feud that kind of she was no part of. Um, yeah, there's this is crazy that this has even been added, but I understand why the TBS championship is a big deal. Jade Cargill is a big deal. She needs to defend this on Double or Nothing, one of the uh, obviously big pay per views for AEW because they don't have very many. Uh, it makes it an even bigger deal. Uh, Jade building up those wins needs to beat everybody twice, I suppose, maybe three times for some people. Um, but yeah, this is definitely not going to go long. I'm definitely in agreement with this one. Um, we see the sort of short build, and this happened in the aftermath of the Red Velvet Chris Statlander match. Bit of a beatdown. Uh, and that happened on Rampage uh, about two weeks ago, or 10 or 11 days or so ago. Uh, beat down on Chris Statlander, Ruby, who was on, Ruby Soho, who was on commentary at the time, comes down in for the save, gets overwhelmed. And then here comes Anna Jay coming down, grabs the, uh, grabs the crutch, rather, thank you, grabs the crutch from Smart Mark and chases off the baddies. And that subsequently cuts to a backstage promo where Anna challenges Jade, and that's the essentially the setup for the match. On Dynamite, as well as Rampage, it really didn't kind of see too much working towards this particular match. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of set in stone, and we see Anna getting a second opportunity for the TBS Championship. Yeah, it's... um. It's unfortunate she's getting a second opportunity that's going to end up the same way as the first opportunity for me. I have Jade Cargill winning this. Um, it's not the right time to be taking that TBS championship offer. Uh, she needs at least another 50 wins. Um, and she's already at like 32 or something like that there. Uh, but yeah, Anna Jay will eventually hold this title, but Double or Nothing is not her pay-per-view, unfortunately for me. Yeah, so for the third anniversary of AEW, I definitely am in agreement that Jade will win and uh, retain over Anna. 
in a relatively short match. I could see a 5-8 to eight getting Anna a little bit of offense, so it's not per se a squash match, but um, we can see the storyline of her in the second matchup or the second opportunity um, have shown some improvement, but then like we are both in agreement that Jade will retain over Anna. Yep. All right. Coming up to the fourth match, we're going to have the House of Black, the Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King versus Death Triangle of Pac, Pento Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix. Joker, what's uh, what's going on with this one? Uh, I would love to be with the Taddy PT because I don't even think the six competitors know what's going on with this one either. Uh, now, the House of Black and Death Triangle are absolutely fantastic competitors. Ray Phoenix, Pentos, Guru, Pac, absolutely beasts in the ring. Pac Flyers, they do the spots. They do the technical stuff. Then you've got Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Like, another trio of absolute monsters in the ring. But this has just kind of been a, a sort of stable rivalry of House of Black kind of going after Penta Oscuro. They've turned him into, well, they, they turned Penta uh, into Penta Oscuro, um, him seeking the revenge after uh, Phoenix's arm. Uh, I think, I believe it was in that match that Penta went down with the arm injury. Right, uh, Phoenix was... went down with the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it might have been. Yeah, it was definitely in a tag match for sure. So. Yeah. Um. So either way, you know, House of Black started to, uh, have this parallel storyline where they went off and tried to beat up Penta Oscuro. Um, cool Beans, you know, Phoenix comes back. They do the whole reveal with it was me, Austin, and uh, uh, with Ray in the ring as they beat it out, House of the House of Black, and um, you know, it, it's it's kind of like a, a really cool rivalry, but it's built up with we just want to beat the crap out of each other. Like, there's really no meat to this for me personally I, uh, and I, I say that because it has that real ambiguous build that was alongside with the uh, oh why can't I remember her name Julia um, Hart that's the one Julia Hart uh, and, the, uh, and the Varsity Blondes sort of thing it had that, that side by side super long storytelling is great but the House of Black needs to have some short squash feuds, um, build them up because Buddy's been in for about a month now. Brody's been in for about two, three months now, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, these guys, in fact, he has been in longer than that. Uh, these guys need to be seen even bigger than they are. Like we know who they are, but on TV, they have not been portrayed as the big picture. And for me personally, I feel like House of Black needs to sort of get that bigger push to, uh, to sort of squash feuds, um, be a threat, be vicious, vindictive. Uh, I know Malachi Black loves his spooky stuff, and I like the spooky stuff, but long-term storytelling is for a few months when everybody's like, oh dear, actually, House of Black might be coming for me. Um, because you did have that really, can I say funky, 
uh, storyline whenever Fuego del Sol was calling out the House of Black as well. He's kind of nowhere to be seen now, but he keeps on calling them out. I love Fuego, but this ain't it, bro. And it definitely wasn't beneficial for Malachi Black and the, uh, the House of Black, in my personal opinion. Yeah, you hit on a lot of really good points there. Um, the sort of rivalry beginning with attacking uh, Penta for sure, and then obviously the transformation of Penta again into Penta Obscura. I think I have the inclination that the injury to Ray Phoenix might have played a factor in sort of the delaying of the payoff um, in terms of the actual kind of they had to halt the brakes a little bit on the storytelling so again we have these little bit of sort of side stories of the varsity blondes and the whole julia hart piece that you mentioned uh the little piece and kind of flavor text with uh, fuego so i feel like now that we have ray phoenix back to being healthy and he can wrestle we can sort of reactivate that piece and then again we're having now the payoff to that uh feud or finally having that match here um you have six guys that can really go for sure um obviously all the members of death triangle uh, have phenomenal just incredible offense and again you have the uh three guys from house of black of course that can definitely go and brody king again even for a big guy can move and uh, it's a nice compliment to Malachi and Buddy. So for sure, I think this is definitely going to be a, uh, a fun match. Uh, we're going to definitely see some uh, kind of Lucha Libre style things, uh, you know, in terms of both moves, but then as well as the kind of that sequence where AEW plays a little fast and loose with its tag pieces i almost feel like it's unofficially has some lucha elements where if the legal man goes outside then one of the other tag team members that can uh, on your team can go in sort of that's part of lucha mm. rules um right. but yeah but i definitely feel like we're gonna have some high intensity stuff and uh yeah it's i think it's just gonna be a fun match with that being said who do you see coming out on top okay so this is this is another one where it has me. Uh, who do I want to win? Uh, is this more a uh, who do I see winning? Who do I want to win? Who is going to win? Kind of situation. Um, it's very very difficult for this one. Okay. Uh, this is probably, in my opinion, one of the most difficult uh, predictions for me personally, uh, uh, because, like we said, all six guys can go. Uh, there is definitely going to be some amazing wrestling going on, some Lucha Libre in there, uh, some definite big, strong spots. House of Black, definitely for me. Okay. I can, likewise, I'm a little bit of conflicted in terms of who I feel like is going, who's a clear cut. I don't think there is a clear cut winner. Um, who do I want to win? I think House of Black, uh, I feel like for them, it would it would make sense to, again, kind of make them sort of stronger in terms of who, who would benefit more from the win. And I feel like that would be House of Black. Who's going to win? I feel like Death Triangle. So. Ooh, okay. So Death Triangle's your pick then? 
I do believe uh, that Death Triangle is going to win. Ooh. Although okay. I, okay. I, I want House of Black to win, but I feel like it's going to be Death Triangle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, it's a definite, you know, I've flip-flopped on this one all day. Uh, Pac is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, he is just so good, so strong, so quick, so agile. Uh, Ray Phoenix, who I only legitimately, a lot of these wrestlers in AEW, I only find because of AEW and Ray Phoenix was definitely one of them. Uh, so when you have two of my favorite wrestlers working for a company on the same team, you're like, well, you know, how do you, how do you, you pick between the two? Well, that's because the other team has two of my other favorite wrestlers in Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews. Who, uh, if people remember, had amazing sessions in the ring, working under the WWE banner. Um, and anytime they were on, even though they were doing repeat matches every single week, they I was always watching them. They they just amazed me every single week. So that's why I'm gonna have to gonna have to go with the House of Black. All right, we definitely see it going different ways, but we'll find out the outcome this coming Sunday. All right, on to another matchup. This as well, just announced on this week's past episode of Rampage, American top team, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and the debuting match for Paige Van Zant in a six-person mixed tag team match against Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Ty Conti, with the caveat being if American top team wins, neither Sammy nor Frankie will be allowed to challenge for the TNT Championship as long as Sky holds the title. What do we got here? I'm actually super happy with this. <sighs> I am super happy with this match being made. Uh, because I feel like Scorpio Sky gave, gave away the ending okay. by, adding that little, by adding that little stipulation. Uh, now, whether or not you loved him or hated him, uh, Sammy Guevara is an absolutely amazing wrestler. Uh, again, one of these breakout stars that I find for, through AEW. Loved his presentation. Uh, has risen up to be a very, very cool uh, worker, even though he's become known, in his own words, he's become known for the ladder match in AEW. I don't really think that's a good thing because he's gotten injured in every single ladder match he's participated in, but that's another story. Uh, his relationship with Ty Conti, though, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for everybody in love. Congratulations, you're in love. But this, this isn't... It was fun for the first week or two, but it's, I'm over it. Like I, I'm done. They're not heels. They're not baby-faced. They're just there making out on my screen and I'm like, can we get to the point? Um so their continued sort of interference with the TNT title after Sammy lost it. Uh, and then the the ping pong back and forth, uh the hot potato rather of the uh, the TNT championship for the last few months uh between Sky and Sammy introducing Frankie Kazarian to the into this mix I felt like was only a way so we can get this match. Uh, but it is definitely one of those things that I see as um, 
bit of a godsend that Sky has added this stipulation on. Because everybody has been calling for somebody else to win the title so we can just take all six of these people out of the freaking scene and, you know, focus it on somewhere else. Like, just give it to give it to a big guy. Have Miro return and squash everyone. Um, give it to Archer so he can, you know, he squashes somebody, comes in, takes it, and he holds it. Um, but yes, this is definitely going to be really, really good. Um, and I feel like, you know, they've given away the ending here, giving uh, Sky this amazing looking new belt uh, and adding on to this uh, stipulation. Yeah, this is a bit of an interesting matchup here. Uh, you mentioned a little bit of the back and forth of the title swapping the hot potato of Sammy and right, uh, Scorpio, rather. Yeah, I, I think it's just something to your point about we hopefully will be the dovetail or the bookend to this particular feud. Um, this has been a, a bit of a confusing one. I look at all the competitors in the match, and I look at really they're all they're all basically heels except for Paige, which I think <laughs> is going to be the person who gets cheered. You look at Scorpio and Ethan, obviously are are heels. You have uh, the whole Sammy and Ty, which you know they're like, oh, we're just doing us, but you know they're they're definitely. Uh, they think they're baby faces, but they're definitely heels. And Frankie basically turned heel because of his alliance with Sammy and, and, and Tay. Um, further cemented on this past week's episode of Rampage as well, where they broke into American Top Team and busted up the place and uh, stole some belts. So they definitely cemented that sort of, those heel tendencies. But yeah, I think it's going to be, it's a bit of uh, sort of long in the tooth. I'm hoping that this is the end of the feud, and like you said, we can we can have Scorpio potentially fight just other competitors and, and have some good matchups, leading to then down the line someone else having the title. That notwithstanding, I feel like everybody is potentially going to boo, uh, be booed except for Paige Van Zandt. I mean, that is that is a fair enough statement. I feel like Paige. Uh, with her, this is technically her debut match, right? Yes, that is correct. So she's going to come out to, you know, a mixed applause. I don't know if she'll come out by herself to her own music, um, or if she'll come down with uh, Dan Lambert and the boys. But um, they'll probably all come out to Sky's music anyway. Him being the TNT champion, that's perfectly fine. And so there'll be some rapturous uh, boos in there, but hopefully some cheers. And hopefully a lot of people will be cheering them because as much as they don't want to be uh, the, the, as much as they don't want to be cheered and they want to be the haters, I feel like everybody's going to say, yes, this is almost over. We can see the <laughs> end of the tunnel. The light is there. I agree. Um, so a lot of people will be hopefully cheering, and yes, uh, I'm actually excited to see what Pete got because whenever you've got this uh, this absolutely amazing athlete coming in and this uh, bare knuckle boxing champion coming in to uh, this ring, she is definitely going to be able to go. Uh, I want to see her and Tai uh, Tai 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 Tai. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I apologize for messing it up, but. Um, Whenever those two get in the ring together, 
then it's going to be they're, they're just bound to be magic because both of them are really really good for as much as i don't like ty Conti at the minute what with you know even last night on um on rampage her saying a oh, celebration with the belts and i was like oh please just can you like come on like it's it's not even funny it's it's kind of desperate i was not really you know i don't really care about this it's like just get off my screen already go away and do something else because you stop being around the tnt title just stop it so you got i need a spray bottle so i can spray them and say no don't get away um but yeah i definitely um i definitely know who i want for this match to win and that is uh, going to be the American Top Team, top, toppest of teams, with Scorpio Sky. All they go with in Page and Page Van Sant winning. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you as well. I definitely see American Top Team having the victory on this one. Um, makes sense in terms of storylines piece with the whole caveat of the Frankie and Sammy not being able to challenge and then kind of switching gears again so we don't get too long in the tooth with it. Um, I'm going to be interested or take note of Paige. Kind of, again, this is going to be her debut match. So uh, Ty's got some more experience, definitely from her days in NXT, and then now more work in AEW. Um, I, I won't say ring general, but I definitely feel like they can work together on some spots, and, and Tay uh, can definitely help uh, Paige through, uh, through some of their uh, interactions. But... I definitely am agreeing with you in terms of American Top Team winning this one. Oh, please. All right, now moving on to the matchup, the Battle of Generations. We have the Hardys, Jeff and Matt Hardy, taking on the Young Bucks, the <laughs> tag team of the 2000s versus the tag team of the 2010s and potentially the 2020s. So, Joker, what do we got with this one? So, I yeah, it is the the Hardy Boys versus um the Hardy Boys. Some people <laughs> might want to uh might want to say that this is pretty much a match of mirroring sort of styles and uh individuals. Um the Young Bucks versus the Hardys was a long time sort of dream match for some people and uh, you can see why because they're just so good both of them um i don't know why this was sort of rushed into um and we couldn't have started a little bit further back than we did like you know i obviously it needs to be done double or nothing hardies the hardies have been here for a while now come on boys just could have tried to build up to this a little bit quicker. But, you know, last night's Rampage showed us some really fun stuff in the sense that the uh, the Young Bucks know how to party and the Young Bucks know exactly what they're doing uh, and how to get under the skin of uh, of fans everywhere. Um, and that, you know, so me thinking that, oh, this is just taking not, not long enough here, maybe another week or two. Last night, I watched Rampage. Well, I, I watched Rampage this afternoon. Um, you know, different time zones, had to sleep. And I was just, okay, this has done it for me. Like, this is this is exactly what I needed to get me super interested in this match. 
whenever you had uh whenever you had matt come out obviously as matt and do the uh the ring fall you know off the ropes uh for a la matt hardy many moons ago um and then you had uh nick come out dressed as jeff with face paint all the whole gimmick going on absolutely fantastic um my absolute favorite my hat is off to him brandon lita cutler coming out with that thong boy you did that well just came out with his boxies you could see his boxies underneath his shorts you see that thong riding up high um but most of all like the uh the, the tease the the new the the new brood or uh and uh with gangrel coming out making his awa debut which um definitely sent the reason for this feud kind of uh, over the edge for me yeah definitely for sure uh shout outs to gangers himself gangrel uh out there fanging and banging getting a payday brother on this week's past uh, episode of rampage um definitely built up a nice little piece it harkens back to a backstage promo where the hardys essentially called the young bucks hardy cosplayers so to kind of stick it to the hardys and kind of do that little piece and kind of just twist the knife a little bit and how do you how do you do that bringing gangers himself and do the new brood piece and and do the sort of the cosplay and the aforementioned matt fall off the ropes and they're doing hardy spots and the whisper in the wind and the little like leg drop thing into the uh, twist going of fate. Up to the, going yeah. to the top rope, then going down to the middle yeah, rope, the rope, and then yep. getting a bit closer. Uh, and then, yeah, doing the twist of fate into the swanton. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's it's definitely going to be a fun matchup. Yeah, I, th- with, I felt like it, to your point about maybe being slightly rushed, you had obviously Matt in the company and then Jeff showing up around late January-ish to February-ish time, which only leaves us about, you know, two two and change months. Um, obviously, you had Jeff being in the Owen Hart Cup uh, and then obviously story building post and through that. But yeah, I think it's one of those where you have you have the matchup at the premiere event for the three year anniversary of AEW here at Double or Nothing. Um, potentially, do you wait on that for another four months until the next pay per view uh, that AEW holds on its own type of thing? Do you have it on a dynamite type of thing? But um, I feel like sort of the timing was right, or a nice sort of little piece to kind of have it here now that Jeff is freed up from not being in the Owen. No, it is definitely there. There is definitely um, the 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 time frame for it to happen. I just felt like it could have maybe done with an extra few weeks. Uh, is is more to my point. Um, definitely, some of these matches on this card could also have benefited from a couple of longer, you know, a couple more weeks, a couple of less weeks in some cases, um, or a couple of you know maybe six or seven months less in the case of our previous talking point, but. Um, this one definitely could have maybe used a little bit of an extra week. That uh, the Hardy Boys cosplayer, uh, you couldn't have made it in the in the in the attitude, attitude era, sort yeah. sort of. Ugh, excuse me, you couldn't have made it in the attitude era, sort of uh, thing from Matt. Made me giggle because now they're working at the promotion that the Young Bucks helped 
bound because yeah. you know what the hell like it, it, it's it's just funny um so yeah i i definitely did have trouble with this one and this is the last match that i had trouble with picking out a winner uh, out of the rest of the uh, out of the rest of the matches that we mean um so i went with who i want to win as opposed to who i think will win um i hope the two are the same for AEW, obviously and i want um i want the young bucks to win yeah. but i do have the hardys winning this and there is a little bit of a selfish reason for this and i have it down here that the hardys will likely win uh causing a possible descent into madness for the bucks you know losing to the people they've been compared to not that i think this will happen um and it may even uh prompt a this was written before i find out further uh, further news today prompt a backstage kenny omega return to bully their spirits now unfortunately i've had to change this as i've heard news to the contrary that maybe kenny's uh, recovery is not optimal um and he's taking a little bit more extra time for himself get well soon kenny um so yeah i want the i want the young bucks to win this but i think that the uh yeah the hardys will take it regardless okay i uh interesting conjecture i'll agree with you on the points um who do i want to win i want the hardys to win um is definitely you have sort of the last major match for either one of them is Jeff coming off the loss in the Owen and being eliminated from that by Adam Cole. So I feel like a win could definitely be helpful when it comes to kind of that so they don't want to slide too much. Who do I think is going to win? The Young Bucks. So we're definitely, uh, you know, dis- not to say disagreeing, but we, we feel like we're going to have different Teams come out the outplay. I do like the little piece of the storytelling elements where, um, you know, if the Young Bucks lost, you know, you could have a little bit of peace. And then obviously they're going to have a rematch somewhere down the road for, you know, of course. I liked your point about that, but uh, I feel like with the uh, the Young Bucks winning, it's too early for Matt and Jeff to kind of uh, potentially feud there. This is sort of their swan song as a team. But uh, we could potentially see them bring a little bit more elements of sort of brokenness, maybe perhaps uh, Willow the Wisp type of thing. Maybe they lose. They feel like they need to step it up or trying to change things up. But I want the Hardys to win, but I feel like the Young Bucks are going to take it. Ooh, nice. Okay, that's, that's a little bit uh, a little bit different. I definitely do agree with you on the uh, the parts of the broken and broken nature coming through and uh will of the wisp coming in there have been rumors for a little bit of time uh wouldn't mind seeing that all right coming up next we have the aew world tag team championship match a three-way dance if you will of champions the jurassic express jungle boy and luchasaurus versus team taz ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs and going against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Joker, what's going on with this? This is a really, really good uh, feud. I am really enjoying 
this little back and forth between Ricky Starks, Barhouse Hobbs, and Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Um, the addition of the tag champs being there makes this all the sweeter. Uh, I definitely do enjoy me some Keith Lee. I enjoy me some Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, so seeing those two big behemoths go at it with Luchasaurus as well is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, and to see Ricky Starks, Swerve Strickland, and the Jungle Boy in the same ring as well. We had a match this past week on Dynamite with three of them, uh, which was nothing short of awesome. Definitely a really, really good precursor to what's going to happen. Um, it might seem like there is uh, a lot going on behind the scenes for one of these teams. Definitely with the uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being mentored by Christian, uh, their involvement seems overshadowed by the uh, maybe less than mentor-like attitude uh, Christian has shown towards uh, Jungle Boy these last few weeks, what with the little shadows of like to go and hit him after a loss. Um, there is there's some stuff there that kind of overshadows uh, this match for them. But the Swerve, Strickland, and uh, Keith Lee tag team is gaining nothing but popularity for me personally. Uh, you cannot see enough good things said about Keith Lee. And uh, you cannot see enough uh, amazing attitude coming out of Swerve Strickland. And uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs have just been absolutely killing it since, well, since day one, honestly. Since since Powerhouse Hobbs joined Team Taz in that feud oh so long ago during the lockdowns, um, and they were doing all these uh, all these matches in Daly's place, um, I've been a big fan of Hobbs, been a big fan of Starks, and especially Starks being on commentary has helped helped his character a lot. Uh, so yeah, there's there's definitely some um, definitely some really good fun about to be had in this massive match i'm gonna say that this has potential to be match of the night here um we got like the aforementioned preview on this week's episode of dynamite we had jungle boy versus ricky starks versus swerve strickland and that was just that may have been for me uh match of the night on that uh, that week's episode of dynamite but yeah, I you hit the nail on the head. You have six guys that really can go. You have the combination of the the agile smaller guy with being the tag teamed up with the uh, large guy who can also a large powerhouse who can also go as well for all three teams. Um, we're definitely going to see uh, you know uh, an intense matchup with lots lots of moves and lots of powerhouse and stuff and kind of. All these different, you know, elements coming into play. Again, we have uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott again, uh, Swerve Strickland rather, uh, being a strong team and having a lot of momentum. The absolute kind of strong teaming of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm really feeling like they're kind of coming into their own as well. And then you mentioned too, like, what's the storytelling element of Christian Cage being mentoring? the jungle boy and luchasaurus like he, you said he's been overshadowing them he's been speaking for them the whole i think the 
episode of Dynamite when they're like, yeah, let's make this uh, a match at Double or Nothing. He goes, we are the tag team champions. So, and then you can you can see kind of Jungle Boy look over like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> um, so you, again, you have those little pieces. I'd be curious on how it plays out if Christian is down at ringside. Would, you know, he could he like throw... If, you know, if Jungle Boy's on maybe on the outside, could he throw him back in the ring, you know, type of thing? And that leads to a little uh, spot in the match type of thing. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, that can be told here, whether uh, one team wins or loses. So definitely yeah. sure it's going to be an insane match. Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, filled with different little aspects to it where you can go well, this team should win, this team should win, this team should win. Um, like you said, with the, the Christian element, is he going to be at ringside? I think, yes, he's going to be at ringside. Um, but I don't think he escorts uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus down to the ring. I think he comes down uh, down to the ring at a later point because there will 100% be shenanigans on the outside of the ring. I don't think Christian will get involved. No reason for him to be around the ringside. If he does come out, that's kind of whatever. It doesn't make too much of a difference. Um, but I feel like because of his involvement, he overshadows that one team. And it's unfortunate they're there, the tag champs. So that kind of muddies the waters around this because the bigger story has been between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Swerve and Keith. That is legitimately the uh, the tag team match that I want to see. This being a triple threat match just means that we're going to get new tag champs. Um, and I am kind of happy about that because personally, as much as I love Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, they haven't been doing it for me. It's not been, it's not been the... Um, they've not been FTR. Let's put it that way. FTR have been impressing and doing so many good matches. Uh, and they just haven't lived up to the, the the level that FTR sets for the tag team division, in my opinion. Um, so I have, to no surprise, Team Taz taking this this win. But I have two little two little ways that they can win this. Okay. With an optional third. All right. Lay so I have me. Hobbs is going to pin the dinosaur. Okay. Hobbs is going to just you. Know, absolutely knock seven shades of this stuff out of both uh of both luchasaurus and keith lee keith lee obviously being that big boy is going to take um going to take a, a nice big beating between the two of them um and eventually hobbs pins the dinosaur second one ricky pins the dinosaur in my in each of mine i have the, the luchasaurus taking the pin okay. because well he's a big boy he can you know he's going to be fighting a big horse battle, he's going to take a lot of damage. I feel like Jungle Boy might be a bit distracted on the outside. And that is for the standard win where, you know, things just happen. Yeah. The Christian swerve turn comes whenever Jungle Boy takes that pin. If Jungle Boy takes that pin, and I actually have, you know, I'm pretty solid that he is the one going to be taking the pin, uh, then it's going to happen, and Christian's going to uh, solidify his heel turn uh, on the group and um, beat the tar out of Jungle Boy. And a uh, little bit of a bonus, Luchasaurus does nothing. 
Okay. I I like I like what you've presented there for sure. Um, I'll agree with your points about taking nothing away from Jungle Boy nor Luchasaurus. Um, you know, they are amazing athletes for sure, uh, and definitely have been prominent in the early days of AEW leading into now its third anniversary. I will definitely agree that they have been overshadowed definitely by Christian because he speaks for them. He is their promo and it's not helping them in terms of either Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus stand out in terms of being able to cut promos and having the time sort of in the spotlight. So I understand why he's their mouthpiece and sort of their mentor role, but I feel like the longer it goes, it's sort of hurting them more than it's helping them. Um, you mentioned the point of that sort of FTR. Uh, FTR being the ROH and the AAA tag team champions have been featured more prominently on Dynamite as well as Rampage. So, you know, it was kind of Team Taz and, and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland were having a match and then, oh, it happens to be the Jurassic Express comes out and then interjects into there, making it a tag team match. So, yeah, I am in agreement that Jurassic Express will lose the tag team titles. However, I am giving it to Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I'm not mad at that. So, I'm not mad at you for that one. I I like I like both Keith and Swerve. I just feel like personally, for me at the minute, um. It is definitely a uh, Ricky Starks, Parhise Hobbs sort of vibe I'm getting, um, and it would give it would give Ricky Starks his first taste of actual defendable gold. Yeah, I think a win for either your point with Team Taz or Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland will definitely benefit either one of those teams more than having Jurassic Express uh, main uh, retain rather. So yeah, I definitely think this is going to be definitely a fun matchup. Oh, yes. All right. Coming up next, we have the Anarchy in the Arena match featuring the Jericho Appreciation Society of Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club of Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Who hot dang, this is going to be a uh, Pier 6 brawl, as uh, JR might say. This is going to be a big one. Um, it is definitely Stadium Stampede without the stadium. Um, it is going to be violent. There's going to be weapons. There's going to be brawling all over the place. Um, it is going to be absolutely brilliant. And it has had one of the best builds to it. Uh, short of maybe one other match on this card and I just feel like the last few weeks where we have had the back and forth between Regal and Jericho on commentary uh, on Rampages we have had some insight from both of them to the animosity between the groups uh, the uh, fireballs I'm a wizard you know the him Jericho uh, just now calling himself the wizard like he is legitimately he's le champion he is um 
what what else? What other names did he have uh, at the start? He had uh, the demo god. Yeah. Um, he is just filled with names, and now he's the wizard. He's fantastic, and he keeps reinventing himself. And there's nothing that you cannot say to me that does not equate to Chris Jericho is the goat of sports entertainment. And that is what he wants to do right now. He wants to sports entertain us. And the Jericho Appreciation Society has taken some fantastic personalities, molded them into uh, absolutely amazing people, uh, all, all surrounding this this learning tree that they, quite quite honestly, they all benefit from. Uh, and it's just fantastic to see. And then on the other side, you have people like Eddie or Eddie uh, or Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz, like absolute legitimate badasses. The wrestlers followed up by the Blackpool Combat Club with Brian Danielson, John Moxley, all headed up by William Regal. Are you kidding me? Like this is just fantastic. The two pillars of of learning in in wrestling today, in Jericho and Regal, two people that arguably have some of the best rapport in uh in the ring with a mic uh because they just feed off each other it's so good to see in here um and then you have the the best mouth in the game with uh, eddie kingston like there's nobody better definitely not uh some of the best wrestlers in the game with uh with john moxley and brian danielson and uh, yeah, it's it's all gonna go down, and I cannot wait to see it. The bill has been fantastic. This, yeah, this one is definitely gonna be a sort of spend a little time in the ring, spend a lot of time outside of the rings. Probably gonna be an arena style match where you just kind of go and I can I can sense that this will have a little bit of kind of a stadium stampede feel where they're just kind of they'll kind of break off and pair off and just kind of do like little spots around the arena type of thing um i definitely have that inclination of that i feel like there'll be some gaga i feel like there'll be some some scott with uh chris potentially throwing a fireball at somebody for sure but none none the fact that this is going to be one entertaining match definitely feel like there's going to be uh some blood for sure uh, to kind of help flavor it up. So, yeah, and you spoke about it too. Like the buildup's been really, really strong and little storytelling elements of um, Chris now having his new group. You uh, mentioning that now Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Daniel Garcia sitting under the learning tree and getting the rub. Uh, Daniel's been getting better and feeling more confident. We've seen in the weeks about cutting promos and just kind of being there. Uh, Matt Menard just being an absolute maniac. <laughs> Angelo <laughs> Parker again getting better as well. Um, the back and forths adding that uh, regal element in there, and uh, you said nobody nobody cuts a promo like Eddie, and and that's definitely a thousand percent to not undercut the abilities and the star power of Santana Ortiz, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley, which are phenomenal athletes on their own. So. Uh, to bring it home, this is going to be uh, very entertaining and hard-hitting and just all-around fun match. Yeah, I, I feel like there, there's only one little disappointment I have, and it's ever since the first time 
uh, he mentioned it. I'm a little bit upset that uh, Daddy Magic has not said what get what keeps his nipples hard every single time he has been in the ring because I was I was just like I didn't need to know that information. Didn't particularly want that information, and people were kind of aghast at hearing about it. It was freaking hilarious, and he should he should should be doing it every week. Uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, like you said, there is going to be some. There's going to be some blood in this match. I don't think there is going to be any opportunity for this to stay. Um, to stay unbloodied. Uh, definitely going to have some big uh, ten man spots, which I'm going to look forward to. Don't think there's going to be any golf carts. Uh, don't think there's going to be any um barroom brawls or anything or pools this time like there was in the stadium stampede match um obviously this is not cinematic so there won't be sort of uh the run-up to uh the run-up the entire jackson jaguars field uh only to like drop kick people and it was it was really funny don't get me wrong i, I really like the match but this is going to be so much better um it's the Blackpool Combat Club for me and Eddie Santana Ortiz taking this victory. And to do you one better, I have Eddie taking it over Jericho. Uh, Eddie's going to pin Chris Jericho for me. Um, Chris is definitely going to get a fireball off Eddie early. Um, he's going to hit Eddie with the fireball. And uh, that's going to take Eddie out for a little bit. Uh, he's going to be attended to by you know everybody because you gotta you got to have the wizard throw the fireball. The um, Jericho Appreciation Society are going to have the edge for a while uh, at some point in this match, and then Eddie's going to come back. He's going to have a big spot. He's going to murder everyone. It's going to be fantastic. And then, you know, he singles out Chris and starts pummeling him and uh, takes the win. I like it. Yeah, I think regardless, I I like uh, all the stuff you mentioned before, for sure. Uh, it's it's going to be one heck of a matchup. However, I see the JAS taking this matchup and I'll, and I'll tell you into why I want, okay. I want Kingston Santana Ortiz and, and Blackpool combat club to win. I want them to who I, but I feel like the JAS is going to win. Um, it's planting seeds of dissension amongst Kingston with Brian Danielson and John Moxley sowing the seeds of kind of like frustrations and or, you know, they're not being able to work together fully, you know, Santana with uh, John Moxley, all that stuff. I feel like it's going to be a strong match. There'll be little storytelling elements in there, but notwithstanding the JS will win uh, and then subsequently will gloat over that, try to bury them a little bit, which would, in my booking, lead to a blood and guts match rematch between these two teams. I see it. I can definitely see it. My my side, my uh, play out of this doesn't necessarily lead to the Blood and Gods rematch, but there is still room there for whatever way you want to go. Yours is a little bit more direct. Yours is very good. I, I did want the JAS to win, to be perfectly honest, but I just felt like seeing this would be the more satisfying take, but Actually, now you're saying that you might be right. I feel like that might be the might be the way. I think either either team that wins this, folks are going to be happy with, and oh, then yeah. the subsequent you know promos and follow up on Dynamites and Rampage are going to be fun regardless. 
Oh, yeah. All right. We are divided on that, but for definitely for sure, let us know what your picks are as we continue through the card. We have the Women's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Final featuring Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, squaring off against Ruby Soho. Oh, Ruby, 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 Ruby. Ruby, 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 Soho. <laughs> People are a little bit divided on this. Or should I say very divided on this. Up until last night's Rampage, I was adamant that Britt Baker was going to uh was going to win. Um and now I'm kind of like well interesting. It's it's kind of in two parks for me. Okay. The Ruby Soho victory last night on Rampage did an awful lot to deflate her for me. Uh, I liked Chris Statlander. I did tell you last week whenever we were watching the uh, watching the rampage and we saw that Chris Statlander, like she impressed. I really wanted her to win. Last night's match was uh, no exception. She impressed uh, yet again. Every time I see her in the ring, she's fantastic. Felt like Ruby was going to win this, though. There was no way that uh, Chris was going to win. But the crowd just kind of went nuclear and went, nope. Not my contender. Don't want it. I really do not want this. Booed Ruby, and she had to, uh, you know, she had to admit that people were. Booing. I was like, yes, I get it, guys. I feel like they've missed a missed a beat. Um, I was flip flopping between Ruby and Britt because I knew Ruby was going to win. I was like, Ruby needs this. Britt needs this. And it's um, this is very very murky for me. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna agree with you that. The especially has it how it unfolded with Ruby now winning on Rampage and being positioned into the finals along with Britt Baker. Um, you had two two baby faces where you know they're both strong characters. Um, even I'll give Chris a an extra nod for the promo just before. You know, had passion. She's been here since day one. You know, she's, uh, she's been fighting, but she's been injured and, you know, type of thing. So you definitely had the crowd on her side. And folks, too, like, uh, as well as Ruby, like, folks were on her side as well. So there was, like, no definitive, all right, clear-cut winner of who was going to go in sort of the beginning. But you cut to the end of the match where uh, Ruby was getting the O'Connor roll, uh, not necessarily sort of the, uh, the roll-up with the kind of Mahistral. And you get the three count. And then if you pause that moment, you have the fans on the hard cam side, especially there's a couple guys in the front row with their hands out like, what? Like it ended. And then you heard some audible boos when Ruby won. And then you cut to Brit coming out and Ruby just saying that promo in there, you know, hearing some boos, you know, uh, acknowledging and I give kudos to Ruby for at least just saying it like, hey, this is tough. You know, I, I may not have been the favorite type of thing or just, you know, um, paraphrasing. But, you know, she's going to she's going to take down Brit. So I will give an extra nod again to Ruby for at least acknowledging or not just passing it off. But yeah, towards in the matchup, the fans were clearly on Chris's side. But then Ruby went over. So 
regardless, again, if it was Chris versus Britt, um, there would I believe they faced off before, so it would have been a rematch. But again, they're at different points in their career. But I believe uh, this is going to be a rematch as well for Ruby and Britt. I want to say this is a rematch from Grand Slam. Either way, this is this is going to be a, a fun match. I think we have to look out for if uh, Rebel and uh, Jamie Hayter are potentially going to play into the match itself. I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. Rebel, not Reba. Reba, not Rebel. Uh, the the third member that we never really see anymore because Jimmy Hader is now the favorite. Um, it, their, their involvement is going to be pretty key here. Um, and beforehand, I was thinking that maybe that there could be some, uh, some contention between um, Jimmy Hader coming out to the ring, everybody being told not to one-on-one. I'm going to beat her this time by myself. Um, I feel like uh, this past kind of flip flopping has landed me squarely on the on the uh, target of Britt Baker winning this. Uh, whereas before, I did have shenanigans happening because of Jamie Hader and Ruby Soho winning. Last night's rampage sort of scuppering that idea for me personally. I feel like Britt's going to take this comfortably. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. Um, I, I get the, the notion of Brit being Tony Khan's Charlotte, and that's not a disrespect to Brit at all. Um, clearly, if, if you kind of just have watched AEW and you get the vibes of kind of who their sort of top-tier woman has been, um, Brit was the first woman signed. She's been featured uh, the most, even when she was injured during the pandemic era. She was still cutting promos, you know, uh, had the match in the, the dentist office, you know, won the title, is still being, uh, you know, kind of featured prominently as well. So I will agree with you that Britt is taking uh, this win here and be the first Owen Hart Foundation women's winner. All right. And we move on to the men's Owen Hart Foundation tournament final where we will see Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor television champion, facing off against Adam Cole, Bebe. Joker, what do we got? This is pretty difficult. It was pretty difficult uh, to come to uh, some sort of conclusion because Adam Cole and Samoa Joe are just so good. Like, this, they're just both so amazing. Um, this for me personally, uh, alongside the, the World Tag Team Championship match is another contender for match of the night. Um, and can possibly go one of multiple ways. Uh, the sort of tournament has had very little need for too much of this, uh, character building stuff or, you know, additional information into the sides of this. Uh, and um, Samoa Joe has had some issues outside of the tournament, which could come into play with Sanjay Dutt and uh, and you know the that sort of area um, of uh, of AEW Ring of Honor. You know those guys coming in and just always wanting to beat the crap out of them. Um, 
yeah, Adam Cole is is made his way through pretty easy competitors so far, hasn't he? He's um not really had too much of a struggle, as it were, whereas Joe has had um maybe a couple couple too many. Yeah, I'll agree on this one. I this is this is going to be a strong match. This is going to be a fun match to watch. When looking at the matchup, uh, you find that you have two strong competitors that honestly, on paper, either one of them can win, be the first uh, men's Owen Hart Foundation tournament winner. Uh, they're both po- been positioned positioned strong since they've come into the company. Uh, itself obviously you have joe as the current ring of honor television champion so who do we who do we see in terms of the storytelling when this joe's had again a tougher road to get here johnny elite and then the matchup of this past week on dynamite with kyle o'reilly was another strong very challenging match for joe we saw him having his arm and uh, elbow as well as his shoulder targeted for that. So he may not be coming in 100%. Obviously, the uh, the dealings and sort of the run-ins with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. And then, as well, uh, you have Adam Cole, like you'd mentioned, seem to get a little bit easier uh, path, if, uh, if you will, toward the finals as well. Again, not to downplay his opponents as well. But... Here I'm I'm concerned that both men both men could use the win, obviously, to keep both of them strong. Again, Joe's your television Ring of Honor television champion, and uh you want he's been the most prominent of all the Ring of Honor champions that have been on TV. I say Sans for FTR being the, the tag team champions of Ring of Honor. And we've also want to definitely have Adam Cole looks strong again because you had that unsanctioned uh, loss to Orange Cassidy, and he's gone two and oh, excuse me, O and two to the world champion Hangman Page. So we definitely both men could use a win for sure. Both men definitely could use a win, and we are set up perfectly for some shenanigans in this match because there are multiple avenues to getting uh, both people what they need and still remaining strong. Uh, personally, that is my thinking as I go towards Adam Cole taking the win over Joe via shenanigans, where we have Bobby Fish at ringside coming down. Obviously, Kyle O'Reilly, if this match is up uh, after the Kyle O'Reilly uh, match with uh, Darby Allen, Kyle is maybe out injured, he's hurt, he's not feeling the best, he's not going to be there, or Kyle could be out there, whatever it is. Bobby Fish offering some distraction while Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and uh, Sanjay Dutt come out, uh, give a little bit of an ambush to Joe, and um, make it even easier for Adam Cole to win. It's it's not the it's not what um, Adam Cole needs, but it is what uh, Joe requires uh, in sort of taking him out of the. Uh, out of the men's own heart foundation tournament finals i feel like having that rip baker adam cole win would do wonders for uh just having them do stuff that is outside of a title contention uh still keeping them super strong um and in the case of adam cole uh bringing him 
a little bit back on track, as it were. So I'm going to agree with you on this one. I also have Adam Cole taking the win and being the inaugural Owen Hart uh, Cup winner on the men's side. And I definitely feel like there'll be a degree of shenanigans as well so that Joe doesn't eat a loss cleanly. I believe something kind of happened. There'll be some kind of conjecture and uh, there, but then he, Adam Cole gets the win again for not having uh, held a, a title and to kind of save face a little bit with going 0-2 to Hangman in terms of uh, world championship opportunities. Yeah, I definitely feel like this will be a feather in his cap and to uh, to kind of have him be put in a position to continue his push. So, Yep. All right. Coming up next here, we have MJF versus Wardlow. With the caveat being, if Wardlow wins, he will be granted his release from his contract with MJF. However, if MJF wins, Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AEW. If anybody needs a lesson in long-term storyline, how to build uh, up a brand new Goldberg, this entire thing is how you do it. MJF versus Wardlow has had three years of build. Like it has had almost as long as AEW's been alive, that that length of build. Um and this is with the last few weeks has seen maybe a couple of speed bumps for me personally, um, where we have rehashed old content. Uh, in the trials and the whipping and you know stuff like that there, uh, but it has been performed admirably by everyone involved, with Sean Spears, Maxwell, uh, Jacob Friedman, and the big war dog Wardlow. Um, I have seen so many good stories and so many bad stories, and this is such a top tier one. This this knocks it out of the park, um, and. I know you had said earlier on about Hook getting the mini Goldberg push to the moon where he's, you know, kind of getting all these wins. Wardlow for me is the next coming of Goldberg. Um, and this only needs to go one way for me. I'll give it to you for sure. Like this matchup, as you mentioned before, like obviously MJF signed, he's one of the earliest signings, and I believe uh Wardlow came in you know first year I want to say in the summertime whereas Max was signed you know early in the year but regardless they've sprinkled in so much storytelling with in terms of uh the pieces where he's faced off against Jericho and then finally joining it you know like the uh the inner circle and then like the pinnacle and then little promos where he's like and i want to thank the guy who got me there uh the camera pans to wardlow sean spears oh you know so planting seeds i mean we've been talking about talk about a harvest we've been planting seeds for a long time so and then even leading into the the contract signing and the little bit of piece where uh speak about speak out little goldberg elements now that 
Wardlow comes out with no music and the fans just cheer his name. So like you get those little cues, you know, uh, you get the, the big guy who's, you know, take nothing against, uh, from, uh, Bill himself, Bill Goldberg, but you know, Wardlow more athletic in terms of, you know, doing a swanton, you almost get that little like Sean O'Hare type of thing where he was like just super athletic, you know, big jack dude type of thing and you know had a had a strong look everything like that so yeah this is this is going to be a fun one for sure oh i can't agree more um there's no need to protect wardlow in the way that goldberg was protected in that regard like you know goldberg in wcw had those short matches to hide the negatives of goldberg where he didn't have the stamina maybe to be doing those 20 minute matches that he eventually did in the then uh, WWF, um, and uh, you know it exposed him to a degree. But Wardlow, like you said, is doing the sentons. He's doing these absolutely big moves, so jacked, so energetic, um, and just because of everything that has been said, and even even you know all the way back to uh, back to MJF's sort of run uh mimicking the presidential campaign where he was given wardlow abuse and you see the slaps and uh the dynamite the dynamite ring and um uh stuff like that there which it was always really interesting and even back then i was calling for wardlow to just deck him and i'm so glad he that he didn't um because he's going to get his opportunity here and I forgot about the the caveat that he would get released from his contract that's just how much um how much i didn't really care about that caveat like it is a story bead but i've just been like he's getting his hands on mjf <laughs> um and i'm a big mjf fan but wardlow i don't know he he just he changes he changes my mind every time i see him i'm like mjf needs to win just because he's amazing and he's just mjf but it's wardlow and how can you go against wardlow um and i feel like wardlow's going to win this going to do uh he is going to have a possible chase around the ring with uh, with some MJF, you know, shenanigans in there. Uh, he's going to have to uh, catch MJF. He's going to have to uh, adhere to the fact that he's not going to play fair. Uh, but eventually, he will get the um, the Powerbomb Symphony in there. He will give him three, four, five, you know, as many as Max is is going to take. And um, because of the beating he does get, I am calling that MJF will take a break from our screens for a little while, um, which will actually lend into the further heat that he currently has that uh, is him claiming that he hits, you know, in, in some different terms, he, you know, screw this place. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Uh, that is going to be an interesting play on how that kind of goes about. I am definitely in agreement that Wardlow is going to win for sure. Like in terms of how the storytelling and how it's going to play out makes sense for Wardlow to go that, that AW pretty much like 98, 99% of the time makes the right choice in terms of what's the best for the storyline and kind of how that plays out. And I'll agree that Wardlow winning is definitely going to be that. I'll, I'll agree with you that there might be a little bit of ska in terms of Sean Spears. 
um, thing. But yeah, uh, I feel like it's going to be rather clean in terms of the pinfall, most likely, for Wardlow. I do like the idea of uh, Maxwell taking, you know, maybe it's just a couple weeks to then... not a long time. Yeah, yeah, you know, nothing, nothing sort of too crazy long term, but having the the shine uh, stay on Wardlow and kind of build towards that, and you know, he'll uh, he'll be able to cut some promos and and you know, hopefully feel more comfortable with that. But I do agree, and I'm in agreement that Wardlow will take this one. Hopefully, then, obviously, after he does keep that little bit of shine, we can maybe see Wardlow go into the TNT uh, Championship scene. She is after Sky. I could see that for sure. Yeah, when uh, I'll have him do a little bit of a build, and yeah, I could, I could definitely see that sometime down the line being uh, sort of the next kind of program for him. I agree. All right, we're gonna switch gears here, and we have the AEW Women's World Championship match, as we see the champion Thunder Rosa taking on the Professor Serena Deeb. Thunder Rosa has not really been champion for an awful long time whenever you compare her to Britt Baker, who was seemingly birthed with the AEW women's title, even though that is not the case. She was not the the first women's title holder, but um, Thunder definitely hasn't had this championship for long. And this feels like... Um, there hasn't been too much in the way of immediate contest for the title either. Uh, now, for me personally, Serena Deeb is a really, really good wrestler. She's a really, really good uh, personality. She cuts a nice promo. She does decent work. And, you know, the last kind of few weeks of uh, of her taking these students to school and, and, and beating them, and even a contest with her and Hikari Shida, one of the former AEW women's title holders, um, was, was amazing. Um, Thunder, by comparison, hasn't had too much in the way of uh, challenges recently. Whenever Thunder came to AEW, she was so impressive. Absolutely impressive, but I suppose AEW doesn't know what to do with its champions in terms of giving them tuner matches, keeping them healthy, well, not not so much keeping them healthy, but keeping them active with their titles, uh, unless that is the TNT title. I'll agree with you on that. Um, Outside of we've shown strong storytelling and booking for Brit, as well as Jade, um, it's been a degree of hit or miss in terms of how the other women in AEW are portrayed and some of the pieces like that. I know, uh, or I've at least heard that, uh, Kenny Omega has, uh, in the past, and I don't know with him being recently sort of being out with, with an injury and, and maybe not being there as much, but Kenny has taken a large proponent of, uh, championing the women's division as well as helping the the ladies with their matches and things like that for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I I'll agree in the sense that we saw for a time Serena doing the kind of the teacher piece and getting her matches and getting her reps, you know, uh, with that. But honestly, the we haven't seen much in terms of. 
matches with either one of these ladies here. Uh, and more recently, we've seen that one match with Serena as uh, facing off against Hikaru Shida, right? Mm. Um, and then it's for the most part, at least on Dynamite and Rampage, uh, both ladies have been cutting promos. Um, yeah. For the, yeah, and just kind of laying the seeds and doing the storytelling there. So I'm kind of feeling like I want to be invested. Um, I feel like the ladies have been doing a, a little bit better job recently um, with their with their promos and, and feeling like a bit more uh, passion and kind of just not quite vitriol, but you, you're a little bit more engaged with the, the promos more specifically recently than there have been in the weeks previous. So... Mm. I mean, it's. Uh, I feel like this is going to be this is going to be a, a hard hitting match because you know both of these ladies can go in terms of Serena being a bit more of a mat technician, and we've seen in the past with Thunder uh, being willing to go that extra mile, like even in the the no holds barred and then the cage match. So, yeah, there's definitely the the propensity for violence from both of these ladies. Um, I I do have sort of caveats to who i'm going to uh pick to be the winner um and actually it adds into um my earlier pick uh for the women's own heart foundation as well it was you know sort of keeping the scene alive as it were for myself uh and to keep me interested personally um this is going to be a well-fought match like you said there's you know serena d being that uh match technician uh, that map technician, rather, excuse me, and uh, you know, Thunder being able to to just go and and go and go and go, um, it's going to be an easy retain for Thunder Rosa. I do not think she's been champion for long enough to lose uh, to such a small build. Um, there hasn't been. You know matches to bring uh serena up to create that contest this is the first match in a line of contests uh that i do believe uh serena deep could stay in the uh, aw women's world championship scene uh for another couple of weeks months uh much like thunder did uh whenever she was challenging Britt baker going forward um if this was sort of one of the last matches in the line of around that time, then I would see Thunder Rosa picking up a hard fought victory. And then the winner of the women's Owen Hart foundation, uh, preferably then at that point would have been Ruby Soho. And she would have been like, well, look, you know, I just won this prestigious tournament beat Rip Baker, the former AW women's champion. Uh, you know, I've, I've beaten an awful lot of really strong individuals. Give me that title. Um, but this is for me personally, a Thunder Rosa easy routine. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I have Thunder Rosa also taking the win and retaining here. Um, like we both had mentioned, this is going to be a, definitely a hard-fought matchup. Um, I'm hard-pressed to recall if Thunder has, at least on Dynamite or Rampage, defended the belt uh, against any challengers on television since she won it. So I... As I kind of think back and kind of the lead up, I don't really recall or nothing kind of stands out to me. So this will be, if not the first, one of uh, Thunder's very first uh, strong challengers. 
for the title. And again, um, I definitely see Thunder retaining here, uh, you know, again, in a very hard-fought matchup. Definitely. Yeah. All right. In this marathon of matches we have here for Double or Nothing, we come to the 13th, the Baker's Dozen. Matchup scheduled here, the singles match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. We have champion Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. Man, if the promos alone were to tell the story, then we, we're in for quite the matchup. Quite the treat, I, uh, I think, is, is what uh, I would say, definitely. I could liken this entire uh, card to a uh, sort of buffet or a, or a long meal where, you know, you, you start with these, those nice little appetizers and you have the real meat and potatoes. And this match is going to be that parfait dessert, you know, that big ice cream, that big bit of chocolate cake, whatever you want to end off that big pile of dessert, you know, pile of freaking food that you've had in uh, that big, nice dessert. Maybe an entire chocolate cake, if it, if it were, because this is going to be so sweet to witness. The build, like you said, the promos have been really good these last few weeks between both uh, Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk. Um, it's been hard to tell who's who's babyface, who's heel from time to time. Um, and it has definitely been uh, breadcrumbed in there that there is something not quite right with one or both of these individuals. Um, this past week, obviously, Hangman cutting a really good promo uh, on on Punk, just saying that uh, not only am I going to defend this title, but I'm defending AEW from you, echoing statements made by previous competitors such as MJF and Eddie Kingston about how there's something not quite right about Punk. We need to defend AEW from Punk. He's an outsider. Uh, sure, he is the voice of the voiceless. You know, people know him from previous uh, companies he's worked for, Ring of Honor and WWE more prominently. Um, and, you know, he even mentioned that he wanted to uh, light a pipe bomb and roll it towards Punk's feet and just see what happens. And he says, but I'm not going to do that. Um, he just, his anger comes out in this promo, like in this. In this one sort of action, he he moves towards Punk. He's, he's really about to sock him, uh, and this before anything happens. Um, and he, he just kind of takes a step back, and he's just like, "Okay, okay, yeah, whatever." He does have respect for Punk, but he actually says he pities him. Yeah. Like, how how many times do you get these guys coming and going? I pity you, dude. I pity you. Um. But uh, yeah, ends up actually punching Punk, knocking him down, and Punk gives this big wry smile. He's like, "Now you've done it, boy." And Paige just walks away, knowing what he's done, knowing what he started, and what he has to finish. It's um, it's been a really good build. Yeah, ever since the Punk laid down the challenge, and he says, "I'm gonna face Hangman Adam Page for the the championship." You know, a double or nothing. We've seen quite the sowing the seeds. We've had 
in one matchup, uh, Hangman using the go to sleep to win a match, and then we subsequently saw the response with CM Punk using the uh, Punk Shot Lariat against John Silver to get pick up a win there. Yeah, so we've seen a little bit of needling back and forth, again, hearkening back to the, the promo we just saw on this uh, past week's episode of Dynamite. Man, uh, Punk just saying, listen, man, this, it's not personal. It's just business. I'm here, to, I'm here for a shot at, uh, at the world championship, man. And then we see, of course, the aforementioned, the uh, emotional Hangman Adam Page where we've seen that in the past, yeah, where he's sort of positioned himself away from the elite. Uh, and then, you know, in his tag team uh, and subsequent title reign with Kenny, you know, we saw seeds of him pulling away and kind of being clouded by FTR and then sort of being kind of betrayed by that. You know, and all these little story beats of him sort of being emotional and, and maybe not being as sort of calculatingly clear-headed as maybe say punk might be with just kind of baiting him in and playing these little bit of mind games and then the aforementioned you know i just you're gonna shake my hand at double or nothing you know what you're gonna shake my hand tonight boom loses his cool socks uh punk and then kind of that look on his face where hangman's like oh man i just played right into his trap you've activated my trap card type of thing so you know this is and then you think about it too like you have even though there's many folks that would argue hangman has had a very strong title reign um there's folks that have said it's been a little bit lackluster even though he's faced some strong competitors you think about he's faced daniel uh brian danielson excuse me uh, amongst others but uh, you say, man, like, where, where can this, where can this go? Like this, this now, folks are like, oh man, they're having him face CM Punk. This potentially could go either way. Like it's maybe not like absurdly one-sided as where people think who's going to win. So, mm. I do agree that you know there has been some rumblings that this hasn't been the, the biggest, the most, you know, the most prestigious uh, reign, but. I don't think anyone, and I mean anyone on that roster, could have followed Kenny Omega. Mm. There is nobody on that roster. I defy you to find me someone that could have beaten Kenny Omega and done half as well as him at being, you know, being his follow-up. You're, you're essentially being Kenny Omega's follow-up back, and yeah. that to me was impossible. So he was already at a disadvantage, was was the hangman here. Um, I feel like he definitely did have uh, some banger matches. He beat Adam Cole twice. Uh, he beat uh, Brian Danielson. Yes, he did. Uh, there was somebody else. Can't remember who. Uh, you know, apologies for forgetting whoever else it was. But um, he, do he does have big banger matches. Um, and these story beats that you mentioned um, definitely all add in to the fact that, uh, personally, I don't think this can go either way. This is going to go one way, and it's nothing personal. It's just business. CM Punk's taking this one. All fair points. I think the storytelling element, which, again, AW tends to do more than, say, WWE, 
would be Hangman losing the title to MJF, right? Long, long term. You feel like their history together or something like that. But it's sort of kind of muddied the waters a little bit in terms of Punk, kind of his return, and maybe that switched gears potentially in terms of creative and kind of star power thing. Um, who or what more does Hangman uh, fight, you know, in terms of contenders? Um, Punk potentially being the champion, you know, maybe uh, it's argumentative about could he be a stronger title holder? Could it bring more eyes to the product? Uh, you can see other matchups too, Punk versus various folks, you know, type of thing. This was a hard one to call. Um, okay. I don't kind of see, again, a clear cut. I could see either man taking it. But if you're going to put me on the spot right now, I feel like uh, a redemption piece for Hangman. So you and I Ooh. are split on this. Okay, okay, interesting. We are split on a few this evening. Yes. And we're we're split on a few that uh, are surprising, actually. And this is personally the most surprising because I do feel like it, it wasn't as, uh, you know, well, uh, as uh, wishy-washy as it could possibly be. Um, I definitely feel like um, your Pegasus impression there was definitely top tier and his trap card has been activated and Punk is definitely going to have the upper hand in this match. But... Um, no, that's uh, you've got fair points there. Um, we're just going to have to see how all these predictions pan out then. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I could see both men winning, and I'd be okay with, with either men, uh, man winning the, the match here and the championship, but we are definitely, we've agreed on some, and we've disagreed uh, on others, but definitely if you want to join in the conversation Definitely let us know, especially on the video form on YouTube. Let us know down in the comments below what your thoughts and what your predictions are. All right, as we switch gears to quick hits. Uh, once again, quick hits are little segments throughout the week that we really enjoyed or got a kick out of or sort of popped the boys, if you will. And we just really, uh, really got a kick out of. So I will go ahead and start us off here. My first one for this week would be Asuka's promo on Raw. Man, she, the way they present Asuka, obviously she's incredible in the ring, but like when they have her do these interview segments, uh, throw that softball question up there and, uh, you know, Asuka does speak English. She may not be, you know, 100% comfortable with uh, speaking specifically English, but what she does with her mannerisms and, and her personality just it conveys so much energy and emotion uh, absolutely whopper promo Roska. definitely was i have here another one uh on dynamite to open up the show we had the steel cage match with sean spears and, and wardlow here i have mjf coming out in the sean michaels attitude era referee outfit complete with biker shorts so nice little Ooh. touch there. Those legs, those legs. Mm. And if okay, I'm not, really? if I'm not mistaken, both uh, Shawn Michaels uh, and MJF shorts had those two little stripes down the side. So yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to go and double check. I'm pretty sure you're right, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the last element here comes from <clears throat> CM Punk and Hangman Page's promo on Dynamite, where we have Punk coming out dressed in all black. You know. 
definitely subconsciously willing to play the heel and and go heel in sort of this story and we have hangman coming out in black pants and a white t-shirt subconsciously saying you know what like i'm half in i'm half out haven't gone full baby face haven't gone full heel but i'm somewhere right in the middle yeah that's 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 definitely very visceral actually that's that's quite cerebral um that's definitely something i didn't personally notice but very very nice so those were mine for the week joker did you have any quick hits i did i will keep a couple of them nice short and sweet because they do run into each other and most of the time you can always pinpoint it down to one or two individuals um so Sami Zayn is an absolute standout star, and uh, he has done some amazing things this week on Raw and SmackDown. But with him just being in the ring in that impromptu tri- trios tag match, throwing up a "We the Ones," <laughs> and it just gave me a giggle with him continually being part of the Bloodline, or him liking to think so anyway. Uh, so much so that he turned up on SmackDown uh, and talked to his good buddy Kevin Owens and uh, said i believe you kevin about your uh, your your troubles with ezekiel because he is completely the same person as elias i don't know what's going on with everybody and then obviously kevin just kind of wordlessly giving him a big hug and, and sammy going are you crying buddy like what's going on so it was just such a cool thing to see uh this sort of blow off well not blow off but this sort of affirmation for kevin owens happening here um it also led to the sort of burnout between these friend enemies uh where they both started arguing and you know ko saying you're not part of the bloodline and sammy then having his honorary bloodline status given to him by the usos it was all in all a nice long quick hit but it was uh it was definitely worth the um sort of payoff for me personally um and my only other kind of one that I feel like is a recurring theme for me is uh, everything about the acclaimed. <laughs> Absolutely everything about the acclaimed. Uh, there was a digital promo on Twitter this week of uh, the acclaimed and the ass boys coming out to uh, the uh, the crowd and Anthony Bowens being wheeled out, and that was all fantastic because you know Anthony Bowens got to. Uh, lead an ass boys chant fantastic and then to double down max caster had a uh, a match this week where anthony bones got to um say las vegas the acclaimed have arrived and then followed it up swiftly with a scissor me daddy ass and give the <laughs> give the scissors to daddy ass billy gun i just cannot get enough of anthony bones Hopefully he he heals up nice and quickly, gets back to showing us the fact that he is absolutely stellar in the ring as well as killing it on these promos. The the whole scissor gimmick again we we mentioned it before, but man, Bowens and it's glad to see him even though he's hurt, you know, still can can show up and and, and entertain. Man, when he does it he, again, he goes a thousand percent with the the hand gesture and everything. I feel like everybody else is a little bit awkward with it, but he just goes with it. The tongue, everything, he's just going. And scissor me, daddy ass, uh, needs to be put on a t-shirt. And uh, if it is, I'm going to buy it, 100%. I smell merch for sure. Yep. 
All right. And that about wraps it up for us this week. Thank you again for coming along on this journey as we did an in-depth dive on the matches for Double or Nothing. Uh, Joker, man, this was an intense week. It was good for me. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. It was definitely a good one for me. All right. We are looking forward to Double or Nothing this coming weekend. And once again, for you... Uh, definitely join in definitely on the YouTube video portion. Let us know your picks down below. And if you're checking out in the audio format, again, wherever you get your podcasts from, definitely uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter or Instagram and let us know your picks as well. And with that for TF Joker, please remember to scissor your fellow dotty ass. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye.